Well, welcome to another episode of The Deep Dive here at Calvary. Uh, my name is Brad. I serve our online ministries and communications team, joined uh, today by Pastor Terry, our lead pastor. And, and it's good to have you back, Brad. Yeah. I, I'm not a great host. It's been So it's, it's been good weird. to have you back. It's been weird yeah. uh, being... Uh, being off the last couple of weeks, I'm like, oh, how do we, how do we do this? How do we get into these uh, these discussions? But uh, today we're going to be looking at Galatians chapter one verses right. ten through twenty four. So last right. week, uh, you guys started um, this, this journey through this Galatians. journey. It's going to be thirteen weeks where we're going through. Uh, the, this book of the Bible, verse by verse. Um, we have a resource page, calvary.church slash Galatians. Uh, there's different links to books and resources there, one of which uh, is are these ESV scripture journals. And so we'll have a link uh, in the, the show notes, the comments, um, but you can go to our website as well for a link for that. And what that does is it puts the text of Galatians next to a blank page for notes. And then and it allows people to mark it up and scratch it up yeah. if they don't want to mess up their Bible or, or do that, but it allows them to really just interact. And that's one of the, you know, we're using a little different teaching method, uh, this series uh, with our document camera. And, um, but that's partly just get people used to like looking and studying. It's like, oh, that word is there three or four times. What's that mean? That must mean something. Yeah. And I obviously, you know, I do a lot of stuff with digital ministries here. So I love the accessibility of having the Bible on your phone or on a computer. Um, But there is something that happens, I think, spatially when we look at God's word and we have actual paper in front of us and we have a highlighter and a pen. And I don't know, it just does something different for us in that experience. And so uh, anyway, yeah. So on the weekends, whenever you see uh, Terry or Chris, we, you know, we're putting the text in front of our congregations. We're working through, and that's what we're going to be doing here uh, as well as we kind of walk through uh, this first part of Galatians. Galatians. Yeah, it was kind of funny. I, I ordered a number of commentaries on Galatians mm-hmm. just for studying. And often I'll order them digitally because I just want them now. It's like, I don't want to have to yeah, wait. Yeah, but I, but I, I was ahead enough and ordered, because I just wanted the paper copies. There's something about marking it up and looking and taking, and it's like underlining or mm-hmm. highlighting and mm-hmm. and seeing that. Just helpful for me. Yeah. No, that's great. Give it in my hands. That's great. So uh, we're in Paul's letter to the Galatians. Um, you guys, last week, you introduced this letter to us. You have Paul, who's... Uh, this guy who, as we'll see even in this text, he um, was not always a Christian. He was persecuting uh, the the Christians. He right. was um, in Judaism. And then uh, he had this experience where Jesus, uh, the resurrected Jesus, met him on the Damascus this Road, road. Uh, in Acts chapter 9. On and his way to, on his way to persecute, persecute Christians, Christians in Damascus. Christians. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And from that point on, his life just radically uh, changed the trajectory of what um, he was doing, completely changed. He gave his life to starting churches and being a missionary and writing letters. And a lot of what we believe and, and know mm-hmm. about uh, Christianity actually comes from the work that God did through the Apostle Paul. And so um, we're going to yeah, kind of dive in a little bit uh, to his story uh, during this episode, um, unpack a few different words, define some words as well. And uh, yeah, but anyway, Terry, as we, as we start, is there anything that, that just sticks out to you uh, from uh, where we've been in Galatians so far? Yeah, I think just a, a continual reminder of what the gospel is and just interacting with people after uh, week one, you know, people um, talking about th- their own experience, you know, that Paul talks about the gospel, which is really just good news. That's what the word means, just the good news and the good news of, of God's grace, that there really is nothing we can 
ever do to earn God's grace, make him love us more, earn our salvation, it's a gift. And, you know, this is a really hard concept, I think, in our self-made world. We want to earn something. But I think the fear is, okay, if grace is free, if there's nothing I can do, then does that mean I can just live as I want? And, you know, Paul, at the latter half of the book, is going to talk about that more. But it's really not talking... Um, Paul is just really saying there's not rules, regulations, things we have to do to earn God's love, to earn God's grace, to get more of it. It it is a gift from God that is given to us, and we don't deserve it. Nobody deserves it. Yeah. But out of that, you know, we work out of the love of God. We don't work for the love of God. And so just that differential, but there's this group of people that are saying no 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 you have to follow these jewish things you've got to or you've got to be just like the old testament jewish people were to be able to be acceptable mm-hmm. to god mm-hmm. i want to go back to something you you said there um you talked about the gospel i in my time working with youth and working with students i would love to ask that question is like hey what is the gospel what is your understanding of the gospel because uh, there, there are so many answers that students would would give, and 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 I don't want to pick on students, not yeah. just students, right? Oh. Uh, us too, right? We would give, we would define that word so many different ways, and so I heard everything from, oh, the gospel is the Bible, uh, the gospel is the first four, four books of the New Testament, right. uh, the gospel is Jesus's death on the cross uh, for my sins. How how do we how do you understand the gospel? Define the gospel. I know you kind of you picked it a little bit. Uh, yeah. It's the good news of Jesus, um, the Evangelion, right? Yeah. That um, yeah. So just maybe unpack that yeah. word a little bit because it does pop up here. It, in it verse does 11. pop up. What what is that? What does that mean? And I you know I think just to go back to Paul, I think describes it quite succinctly in the first few verses. Of, of Galatians, you know, where he talks about grace and peace. Where does grace? It comes from God, our Father, and Jesus, who gave himself for us to deliver us from the present evil age, according mm-hmm. to the will of God. So that Jesus uh, became sin for us, that he gave himself for our sins. He is the substitution, uh, the substitutionary atonement. We owed God a debt for our sins. We do sin. We, we miss the mark. Uh we naturally know something has to be made right. We want to make it right. Only Jesus can do that. And that he delivers us from from death. He delivers us from eternal death. And there's an ongoing salvation from the mm-hmm. things of this world that can happen. And so, you know, that's Christ's death, I think, and his resurrection. And the good news is that that frees us. So the price has been paid, and we are liberated and free to have a relationship with him. And he, you know, earlier on, he says, you know, about God raised Jesus from the dead. The resurrection is what what frees us from that. So yeah. I think the death taking our place, the resurrection of Christ uh, to give us new life, and that's all wrapped up as a gift for us. That's the good news. We have that available yeah. to us. Yeah, no, that's great. Verse 11, it says, For I would have you know, brothers, that the gospel that was preached by me is not man's gospel. And so right in here you have... Um, he says the gospel that was preached. So you have the the euangelion, that's the Greek word for gospel, and then the word for that was preached also has that same yes. root. It's I I don't yeah. want to get the pronunciation wrong, but euangelistein, <laughs> uh, and yeah. and so it's it's fascinating to me that the content, the gospel, and the verb I preached have the same root in Greek, and so the content of that is well, whatever Paul is preaching is. 
gospel. Um, right. You want, Not a human gospel. Right. Yeah. So do you want to give us a little bit of, because um, what Paul's doing, even with the word gospel, uh, it, he he didn't invent the word gospel. Right. The word gospel had a, had a historical context. Do you mind sharing a little bit about that? Yeah. Well, the historical context is actually a, is uh, when a king had conquered a city, um, you know, that they would come back, they would parade kind of some of the bounty from that city and they would come in and we proclaim it. The good news is victory. The good news is something has been conquered. You know, the good news is we have now the benefits uh, of this. This is good news. So uh, the the gospel, the good news was was a relatively well-used word, you know, had more of a probably a political uh, connotation. And so it comes in this sense, again, the good news is uh, we have victory, victory over sin and death, that Jesus did that. Jesus won over sin and death. And the good news is we get to experience the bounty of that. And, you know, as the citizens of the city, would someone get the the benefit of that without having to go out and fight, uh, we get the benefit of the good news of Jesus, the, the death and the resurrection, yeah. um, the victory and the, the bounty of that, the, the gifts, the freedom uh, his spirit, you know, all the things that come yeah. because of that. So that's that's the good news. So to proclaim, they would have people that would go in the streets and proclaim uh, evangelists in some way that would go and proclaim the good news, the town criers. Yeah, yeah. So it's interesting, right? Like, I, so my mom, she was a world history teacher for a long time, and she she was, you know, growing up, she would tell me the story of you know the Battle of Marathon, right? So the Greeks, like the. The, the, even the marathon we have, right? The guy yeah. who then, I remember his name, but he, after the battle, he ran the 26 yeah. miles or whatever. And then he, you know, said that the legend is he said <laughs> Nike, which is victory. <laughs> and then he died. Right. Um, but that, that image of a herald going yeah. out and proclaiming this good news that there was victory. Um, and, and it's interesting to me, and I don't want to get too much into the weeds here with, with gospel, but like, we can define it in, in many different ways because the gospel, as Paul has redefined it or given new meaning to it, um, it encompasses every area of life. And I, I do think there is something, there, there is a, a movement, at least within certain theological circles, where um, you know, some people are defining the gospel as Christ is king of the cosmos, which is absolutely true. Um, and, and I love that definition of the gospel, because if Jesus is king, if Jesus is sitting on the right hand of the Father, um, if Jesus has resurrected from the dead, right, then that is good news. Um, it's It should be good news for the whole cosmos, um, but it's also not necessarily good news for everybody. It's good news for those who uh, embrace it and right. who put their faith in Jesus, who accept that message. Um, anyway, so... Uh, yeah, good, yeah. good, good stuff there. So Paul, he is very um, in this in this first section here in, in chapter one, he is very interested in defending this gospel, gospel. that he has previously um, preached to the Galatian churches. So why is that? Yeah. So let's go back, uh, just review again, yeah. kind of from chapter one, is when Paul goes into Galatia. Um, and he, he preaches in the church mm-hmm. the first week. Remember, said he preached and they welcomed him back. The first week, he's talking to Jews, and he's talking to the sons of Abraham. So the, the Jews were people who were born Jewish and culturally uh, Jewish and naturally Jewish. And then 
uh, the sons of Abraham were Gentiles who had converted to Judaism. So they were following everything. So Paul comes in and says, I want you to know Jesus is the fulfillment. He's the, the Messiah. He's the one we've all been waiting for. He's here. Look what he's done, the miracles. And they were all in. So then they say, well, come back, Paul. So the next week, see the difference. You've got the Jews, uh, you've got the sons of Abraham, and you have what, what the Greek term is the Theosabes, mm-hmm. who are kind of God-fearers. They are people who are interested in God, thinking about God, but they haven't converted mm-hmm. to the Jewish mm-hmm. view of God. So they come in, and Paul says, okay, all of you can know Jesus. Yeah. You all get to have a relationship. He died for all of you, and you can follow him, and it's all a gift. And, you know, this is part of the gospel. As we come to Jesus by grace, we live with him in grace. It's not what we do. But you've got these two groups in particular, the the Jews and the uh, sons of Abraham, who are like, whoa, 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 wait a minute. No, no, he came for us. Part of what Jesus is, you know, they're saying, no, 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 the gospel is you, in some ways, kind of add Jesus to what we're doing. He's fulfilling all these things, but it doesn't negate what we are. And Paul says, no, no, wait. Like, so they were telling um, the Theosabes, for example, they were saying, hey, you have to be circumcised. You have to follow kosher diet. You have to do the Sabbath. You know, you've got to do all these things. And Paul is... So there was all this oppression on the Theosabian. These other groups were saying, hey, Paul's not a good teacher. He's preaching a false gospel. He's preaching a gospel that sounds good to the God-fearers because they don't have to be under the yoke of all this. They don't have to be circumcised. It's not the church's doctrine. That's not, you know, that's something he's made up. That's Paul's thing. You can't listen to him. So by time Paul now... Um, a few years later, is back in Jerusalem. He's getting word that they're leaving that gospel, they're following all the Jewish law, and that they have diminished Paul, his authority. So that's what he part is. So what he he's so hears all about. of this. This is the problem that he's. This now is the going problem he's hearing that they've left kind of the the true gospel of what grace is. They're created their own interpretation of the message, and Paul is writing. Uh, to defend the gospel and to defend him. So this is really the last half of chapter one. And next week, the the first half of chapter two, Paul is really doing, he's telling his own story and and how they're to understand. He's not manipulating the gospel. Yeah. I love what you just did there. I want to kind of pull back for a second because this is why context is so important when it comes to reading scripture. Uh, Whenever we open the Bible and just look at a verse or two, um, without knowing the full story of what's happening, we can take those verses and apply them in so many different ways. And so to understand the problem that uh, the Galatian churches are uh, experiencing, helps us understand the message that then Paul is writing to. Um, so for us, uh, in, in 2,000 years later, our call is to take and understand and apply what is happening in Scripture and apply it to new situations that we experience that are similar but also different, and we want to be able to apply those things appropriately. So, so and thanks for what, doing you that. Know, I, I, I don't want people to think, oh, that's that's just what, you, you know, the pastor has to understand that, or the pastor. And I'm privileged. I I get paid to study scripture. Like what a get like that's the most incredible gift. 
But you can, you know, there's New Testament background. There's study Bibles. Study Bibles. Um, so good. You know, the Bible project. There's videos. Mm-hmm. I, I think you have the Bible yep, project. We've, we've linked those. Uh, uh, video for yeah, Galatians. So a lot of those resources help to give that context. So I... You know, don't, I, I think sometimes that's the misunderstanding. It's like, oh, the Bible is, it's so hard to understand. You have to know some context. You have to know history. You have to be able to put it together. But there are so many resources. So many resources that are out there. So many good yeah. resources. And we want to help. And we provide yep. a, a lot of that for people yep. to, to do. So that's what, when Paul says, for I would have you know, brothers, like he's saying, I want you to know, like he's hot. He's really yeah. hot. He's not had, yeah. like that the gospel that was preached by me is not man's gospel. It's not something I created. It's not something that we've manipulated. Uh, for I didn't receive it from any man, nor was I taught it. No one gave it to me. No one preached it. He says, but I received it through a revelation of Jesus Christ. Yes. Yeah. And I want to talk about that a little bit. So again, uh, Acts chapter 9, we have this Damascus Road experience that Paul has. He kind of actually elaborates on that here in Galatians chapter 1, uh, more so actually than we get in in Acts chapter 9. Um, but the revelation of Jesus Christ, Christ. what happened when Paul experienced Jesus there. <laughs> well, don't, don't we wish there were video cameras? Yeah, 100%. <laughs> like, we would still, we would why, still misinterpret Why it, was I'm it sure. there? Yeah, it would still be a different um, perspective. So, yeah, Paul was on his way. Obviously, he was going to persecute Christians. He had persecuted them before. He obviously, I think, must have known some of the message, like what the God, what they were What preaching. they were thinking. Or, yeah, what they were thinking. Him. And so he just could not handle Like, the, he's not the Messiah. Jesus is not. It's a counterfeit. But... He has this revelation, and you know, I think the Greek word let's do with apocalypse, which is a yeah, revealing, which, mm-hmm. which the word just means a revealing. The revelation of John is a revealing of what the, the future is going to look like, what, what's currently going on in heaven, what the future is. So, so revealing all of a sudden, Jesus reveals himself. And I, I think Paul goes on to say a little more, um, and this is. This is God's grace. Again, this is what he's going to say. Yeah, through grace. Um, like, it's through grace. Like, I'm on my way to persecute. Um, you, you know, he was a Jew of the Jews. He'd studied under Gamaliel. He'd, you know, had all the Jewish credentials in the world. He could go into any synagogue anywhere and people would He's a PhD in the Jewish yeah, faith. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And so, but his heart was hard. And I'd, I don't, you know, I've had... You know, you have conversations with people. Um, you, you know, I've had conversations with um, Jewish rabbis, Jewish scholars who know the Old Testament inside and out way better. I think I mentioned this before, way better than than I could or anybody could almost. And and yet there's just this heart. They, you talk about, like, don't you see Jesus here? Don't you see how this is Jesus? And, don't, and they don't. Like, there's a blindness. And so I... I think sometimes this is what God does. There's all of a sudden a person realizes, oh, I have been blind. I have been hard-hearted. That was Jesus. That was Jesus at work in my life. And so I think that's what happened. That, you know, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And, uh, you know, that that's what Paul realized. Oh, this is who Jesus is, and this is what Jesus is. Mm-hmm. And I, ironically, maybe not ironically, right? He's blinded for a season, yeah. <laughs> but through his being blinded, he sees. And I think that's the the uh, the word um, paxa uh, lupsios. It's it's 
there's something happening that's mysterious that we can't understand, but God has to reveal himself. Right. And Paul here, um, I don't know if you guys hit this last week, but Paul was just such a fantastic option for um, what God was going to do through him, right? He was, you know, educated as a uh, he was he was Jewish, right? He was right, a Jewish right. leader. He was a Jew- he understood the Old Testament. Um, he was a um, a Greek scholar, scholar. Right? right? He was a Roman citizen. Um, he had ro- Roman citizenship, which was a huge deal in the in the first right. century world. And all of these things just make him this incredible missionary, uh, this incredible instrument that God was able to use. Um, yeah, because it's interesting that they at one point tried to beat Paul. You, you know, he had stoned and beat, persecuted yeah. Christian. Now they're persecuting, beating him. And he's like, whoa, whoa. <laughs> he's like, here's my citizenship card. It's illegal to beat a Roman yeah. citizen. Yeah. So, and then he gets to go to trial. And, 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 and yeah, and that's, that's one of those uh, perks of being a Roman citizen. Yeah. You can try, you can appeal all the way to Caesar, which he does, and then uses that as an opportunity to preach the gospel. Right. right. So uh, just an incredible... Um, I, I, you see God's both His grace and His sovereignty uh, in the life of Paul um, as well. So I, I do want to hit that then. So in verse 13, he talks about his former life in Judaism, how he persecuted the church. Um, he was advancing in Judaism, even past his contemporaries. Right. Uh, he was zealous for the traditions of his fathers. And then in 15, there's some language here that I think is it, it's it's helpful for us. There's We see this in other yeah. places in Paul's writings too, particularly what Romans, I think, chapter 8 um, says this. It says, but when he who had set me apart, so he's talking about God, God who had set me apart before I was born, who called me by his grace, was pleased to reveal his son to me in order that I might preach him among the Gentiles. There, we get a little bit of, of this kind of order of, um, I don't know, the math terms, right? Order of operations. So right. The order right. of God's calling, God's working, God's making himself known in the life of Paul. He does that for everyone, right? And so I, help me understand some of these these terms, right? He had set me apart before I was born. So that kind of, to me, you know, speaks to a little bit of a, a predestination um yeah. Thing. Well, it said, you know, Psalm one thirty. you know, God knew me, knew the number of my days, kind of knew me when I was in my mother's womb, knew everything, knitted me together. So, you know, first of all, as we said this week, it really speaks to the value of life, you know, that we are a thought, we're, we're known that life at conception, you know, really has value, God knows, and has a plan and a purpose uh, for us and and knows that that that's why we really consider life you know life valuable and all life made in the image of God is valuable. So yeah, there's this interesting thing in Scripture, and I because there's this mystery mystery great word a great great <laughs> word right, it's my fallback yeah word you, you know the the Bible it's clear God is sovereign He calls He calls He has a plan. Uh, for Paul, I think he calls all of us. I think he calls all people to him. He doesn't want anyone to perish. He calls us. Not everybody responds. So that there's this free will. Um, and somehow these two things that seem like a logical contradiction in God's eternal economy uh, and, and his wisdom and mind work together. So there is a sense that God called it, which, you know, uh, Ephesians 2, 8, 9, for it's by grace that we've been saved uh, through faith, not that of ourselves, through, you know, not by works that any man should boast. For we are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do the works that he's foreordained for us so that he's planned, so that God has these plans for us to, 
to walk in and they somehow work with our will and our mm-hmm. desire. Yeah, there, that's a paradox, right? Like God can elect, yeah. but there is also a responsibility to respond. There's the work of the Spirit somewhere in there too, uh, helping us to see and respond because we were talking about Paul yeah. and earlier in his life in Judaism, he didn't see what God was doing through Jesus and the Messiah. And there, it, it took a special revelation of Jesus uh, to get Paul to a place where he understood and saw truth and saw it as revealed. Um, so other words, right? So predestined election, um, God's calling, and we talked about that a couple of weeks ago, um, um, regeneration. You know, I, I don't know if that's if if that's in scope here, but the regeneration, so the work of the Spirit, uh, who who is making us new continually, but but there is an initial application of that. Is that in scope here? Well, I think Paul is referring to something like that. That you know, I think this is what he's saying. There was nothing worthy in me, no reason why God could choose me. I wasn't choosing Him. I wasn't even trying to love Jesus, and Jesus came into my life, and I had this revelation, which I think, you know, that's what Jesus says in the upper room, John uh, 15 and 16, that the Spirit will bring to mind, that Spirit convicts, the Spirit really opens our eyes, and I think prepares our hearts. So there's, you know, kind of general grace in this world, we see God, you know, grace and giving us the sun every day, giving us rain, but there's specific moments of grace, which is what Paul is talking about, where before, you know, he called me and was pleased to reveal his son. You know, there, God's doing a work, and that's the Father, Son, and Spirit. That's the Trinity working together in our salvation. So I think, yeah, the Spirit is at work doing something new. Mm -hmm. And Paul, he's going through all of this uh, for the purpose of reassuring the Galatians that the message they originally received from him was an authentic one. Um, It was the authentic gospel. We're going to see next week when we talk a little bit more about um, his apostleship and kind of the significance of what it means that he was an apostle and why he is always trying to defend his apostleship. Um, But that's kind of where we're going, right? So he goes through his his background, his experience, the, the training he even received, the time that he spent in Arabia learning, the time he spent meeting with, with Cephas, uh, Peter, um, and some of the other apostles as well, all for the purpose of defending his apostleship so that he can help the Galatian church return to this message of good news. Um, that's good news, uh, divorced from any action, any special action or works on their behalf. And he, he kind of moves back and forth between objective truth and subjective. Objective is true, everybody sees. Subjective is what it means to me. And so objectively, no one told me the gospel. I didn't get it from man. Jesus did. But here's how it worked in my life. Like mm-hmm. it, it changed that's, that's good. me. And, and then, you know, he goes to Jerusalem um, and objectively, he, he's got the gospel. He goes to Peter. He says there, you know, verse 18, 19, Peter, and then to James, the leaders of the church. And they kind of validate. They vet the him a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. And they, you know, they're a bit afraid of him because whereas, but Barnabas brings him. And so they validate. So objectively, that's what Paul's going to say. I didn't change the truth. I didn't change the gospel. It's the same God. Jesus revealed it to me. I didn't learn it. And then these apostles kind of identify. And then he goes again, uh, that's objective, then it says subjectively, this is what the gospel did. I went back to my hometown. I went back to 
where I was kind of born and lived, and and I preached, and people heard, and they were respond, and they saw the change in my life. And so they these objectives glorified objectives. God because because of that. Of that. Yeah. yeah, and that's what Paul started. I'm not trying to please men. I'm trying to please God, and that's his life is pleasing because God does that. That's great. Cool. Well, Terry, thank you for this uh, this conversation. Looking forward to just continuing our journey through Paul's letter to the Galatians. Uh, again, you can find this deep dive. You can find other resources on our website, calvary.church/galatians. Uh, subscribe to our YouTube channel as well, uh, so you never miss any other videos or content that we put out. And uh, we just look forward to connecting with you again next week as we continue our study in Galatians. God bless. Thanks for listening to the Deep Dive, a Calvary Church Media Productions podcast. Be sure to subscribe and leave a review wherever you listen to podcasts.